Welcome to the traditional low post hoop collective with Brian Windhorst finals crossover from the floor of Ball Arena after the Denver Nuggets in their first NBA finals in franchise history in front of a raucous crowd, a lot of whom stuck around to serenade Joker when he went over to the TN to the NBA TV table over there just now. 104-93, some of the notable stats, Mr. Windhorst. The Heat took two free throws the entire game. It's hard Nicole, to do. Nikola Jokic took 12 by himself. The Nuggets only shot 8 of 27 from 3. The Heat got a little bit hot late. Couple runs in the third quarter and the fourth quarter to make it interesting. Nikola Jokic, 27, 14, and 10. Jimmy Butler just 13 points, 6 of 14, no free throws. Did not really look aggressive. Did not go at Jamal Murray the way I thought he would. Went at Michael Porter Jr. a few times. Had Jamal Murray on him on switches a few possessions. Didn't go at him. He has games like that where he just kind of tries to feel his way into it and see if the team can get into it. And the Nuggets more or less controlled this the whole way. What's the, what's the big takeaway for you? So here's my thing. If you told Eric Spolstra three hours ago he was going to get up 104 points, he might have thought he'd be up 1-0. As good as the Nuggets offense looked, <coughs> as efficient as they were, I think – the Heat did a reasonable job, all things considered. And I think if the Heat had been able to hit some shots, we'd have had a game. Um, and what I would say on the other side of that is I think the Nuggets can be even better. Uh, I think that they finished flat in the fourth quarter. And um, I don't think they de just deployed all their offensive options. Well, well how about the, how about the uh, Michael Malone keeps Murray and Jokic on the floor to start the fourth quarter, and they immediately give up an 8-0 run that starts with— I was 11-0. Was it 11-0? Yeah. I know it was 8-0 because it started with them throwing away the inbounds pass. Yeah. Haywood Highsmith stole it. Then there were two Kyle Lowry threes or three Kyle Lowry threes, a couple Kyle Lowry threes. Kyle, I think, and then uh, Haywood Highsmith hit one. Haywood Highsmith hit a corner three. That's right, an open corner three. Um yeah, the Struess, 0 for 9, missed a bunch of good looks early in the game that kind of got the heat behind the eight ball. A transition three, I remember he came off a flare screen. He was wide open. He missed the three. Michael Porter Jr., who I thought had a really, really good all-around game. I thought he, he had an absolutely brilliant first quarter. 13 rebounds, I think, two blocks. His rim protection was big. And he had a play in the third quarter where – he had an open three in the left corner, pump fake, flyby, had another, could, could have shot a three, dribbled in and was going up, and you could tell he was like, I might be able to dunk this. And then he was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to dunk this. Dropped it off to Joker for a layup. And, like, that's not a play he makes a couple couple seasons ago, he maybe had, last season. He had that put-back dunk, too. And, you know, the put-back dunk against his own. And then this, a similar kind of play that just, it's one of those, like that Porter pass to Jokic, Aaron Gordon, who was absolutely dominating the first quarter of the game, getting mismatches on cross matches and posting up guys, putting them in the basket. He was posting up Caleb Martin, I think, and, like, getting traction, backing him down. And you're like, he's rolling. And when a guy like that is rolling on that same kind of shot, you never see what happened next. And what happened next was he went up to shoot, and he saw Michael Porter Jr. open in the left corner, and he whipped the pass over to him at the last minute. He was in the air. MPJ missed the shot. But it's like those are the plays that just like th those are healthy culture well, plays. That one play where Jokic gets the ball on a on Butler, I think he's in the lane. He's got a seven footer in the lane if he wants it, and he throws the ball to I think it was Bruce Brown. The Bruce perimeter. Brown. 
wide open three. He, you know, the, the Nuggets pass up good shots for great shots. So you said before 104 points, and so here, here are the numbers according to Cleaning the Glass. Um, the Nuggets scored 112 points per 100 possessions. That's a little bit below average. Half-court offense is a little bit above average. They got nothing in transition, no offensive rebounds. They took care of the ball, which is a big deal against Miami. Miami needs to force turnovers, and Denver did not give them any in the game. But to your point, was not like a, a killer by the numbers offensive performance from Denver, but I came away from this game, despite what I just said, still feeling the same way I felt coming into it, which is I just don't think that they have an answer for Jokic. And every time they threw the ball into Jokic, and Bam tried to front them, and then if Jokic could get Bam behind him, they'd enter it, and they'd dig a little bit, and he'd kick it back out, and then Bam would front him again, and they tried, but like, when they got it to him, there was just nothing they could do. It was, it was like basket, foul, double team, three, and I just, and then the zone was their answer in the fourth quarter, and I think it did kind of take Denver out of their rhythm for just a bit. So what I thought in the fourth quarter was they really sold out on denying Jokic's passing. And there was a couple of times where Jokic was just standing there by himself. He was like, oh, okay, literally no one's covering me. I guess I'll shoot. I think he had five shots going into the fourth, maybe six shots going into the fourth. And he, then, he, he scored 27 points on 12 <coughs> shots. I think he took six shots in the fourth. I think he had six shots going into the fourth and took six shots in the fourth. And the Heat won the fourth quarter. So here's what I'd say. My, I think the Nuggets played great. Uh, very impressive performance with nine days off. They looked fresh. Good game plan. They, they were like, listen, Spo. If you want to start small with Caleb Martin again, we're going to punish you. Because that's one thing that happens. Kevin loved DNP. Yeah, it's, it's hard because they just stre- they'll stretch love out. You know, there's certain circumstances where they can play him. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried him a little bit in game two. But let me just say that it's one thing to know that Denver has three seven-footers. Obviously, the Heat knew that. They're like, okay, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon's 6'10", whatever, Michael Porter's. But they basically got three seven-footers. It's one thing to know that. It's another thing when you actually have to go out there and face it. It's kind of like what I say about the zone. It's one thing to prepare for the heat zone. It's another thing to face it. The length gave Miami problems early in the game. They were not ready for the length. The length really bothered them. And the game plan that Michael Malone put together took advantage of that length. It was a very good, savvy game plan. I thought they were going to come out and run. Zach, because in the Lakers series, remember the Lakers are coming off that grueling series with the Warriors. Denver had the rest advantage there. Playing here, they came out and ran. The Lakers were puffing and puffing. And so I said, okay, well, they're going to come out and do it again. But they didn't really. Instead, they just said, okay, we're not going to run, but we're going to go to the half court and we're going to pound you with our size. It was a real nice game plan. But I don't know how you beat Jokic four out of six, especially in a game like tonight where I actually thought they did a good job and they still were never really in the game. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know either. And uh, to, to your point about the length, in the second half they put Caleb Martin on Jamal Murray and Gabe Vincent on Michael Porter Jr. And you could see Denver right away digest that and say, all right, we got to start running some plays for MPJ to get shots off handoffs and pin downs. And he missed most of those shots, but I thought that was a good idea by them. And you just look at the numbers like – all around, Denver's key guys, all I thought, other than KCP, was kind of quiet. 
played pretty well. And MPJ was only 5 of 16. We talked about him. I, I just thought Aaron Gordon in the first half was awesome. And it wasn't just the post scoring, which is something I had talked about before the series. That he'd have enough little guys that he can hunt those guys and put them under the rim. But they used him as a back screener, and they got Murray a dunk out of it with Jokic handling the ball at the elbow. They used him as an entry passer for almost that exact same set, and Murray again got a backdoor cut out of it with Jokic as the passer that time. Just the way they move him around is is really, really smart. And uh, Jamal Murray, just like 26-10, and 10, made a couple of, like, when they played zone in the first half, they only did it when Jokic was on the bench. They were afraid to play zone with Jokic. And Murray hit a couple of just, like, tough step-back, spinning long twos, a fly-by three, I think. He's, like, has a knack for just manufacturing points when Jokic is not on the floor. And as for the zone, like, I did think the zone kind of they, – they played it in the fourth quarter with Jokic on the floor, which I didn't think they were going to have the guts to do. And for kind of a, a few possessions, it worked. By the, I'm looking at the numbers now. By the end of the game, 20, 19 possessions against zone, 1.16 points per possession for Denver. That's good. It's not great, but that's good enough to win. And I did think they started to find some sweet spots in it from like the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter on. Um, and I just think it's going to get – I just don't know what the answer is for Miami. I just don't yeah, know. Miami's got to shoot the ball really well. They 13 to 39 on threes tonight. And and to your point earlier, I think they were four of 17 in the first half. So they like the timing of those threes yeah. matters to me. Yes. You know, I don't want to say they were garbage time threes because they were still competing. The Denver had its starters in. But, you know, the threes in the fourth quarter when you're down 17, 15, it's not quite the same as – if they able to hit some of those Struess, you know, it's Struess, even if Struess had hit two of those threes. It's a different game. Yeah. And that's probably what they're going to be talking about. The other thing is, <coughs> Bam Adebayo, he was really not good on offense the last five games of that Celtic series. Really not good. And the Heat were actually undefeated in the postseason um, when Struess, um, sorry, we're undefeated in the postseason when um, Adebayo scored over 20. And that's because normally when he scores over 20, and he's also a distributor, they're really diverse on offense. In this game, he killed them with the short roll. He killed them when he got the ball in the paint. And when, he, um, and when, they, when they brought help, he would find the guy running the baseline. They had a nice game working there. And to, to, if you'd have told, again, if you'd have told me before the game, Heat, Nuggets only score 104, Bam scores 26. I'd have given you odds that the Heat won that game. I thought, aside from just missed open threes, which are going to happen, their non-Jimmy offense actually looked okay. And the possessions where they had the Jimmy offense working, like for the start of the possession on one side of the floor, and then like all the shooter cool cut stuff working at the same time, those worked. Like when they brought Struess or Duncan Robinson off Bam for handoffs or quick kind of catch-and-go plays, Jokic would come up, the pocket pass to Bam would be there. They had a couple sequences where Bam would hit Jimmy under the rim, Jimmy kicked it out to a corner shooter for three. Like, that's how the Heat are going to have to play. They're going to have to mix in the Jimmy stuff, mix in that stuff where they get Jokic really moving north-south multiple times in the same possession. I thought they got that, and Bam, you know, I thought Bam had a good game, 
weirdly, the Nuggets will live with 26 points on 25 shots for Bam. I agree. They'll live with it. Yeah. The, what what the Heat cannot live. I mean, what did you think of Butler's game? Because that was – I just thought he was just not – not so, there the way they need him to so be there, obviously. He's set the standard that he will have these games where he just takes the ball, isos, and kills. He just didn't do that, you know? And um, I'm not sure they – my concern for the Heat isn't generating good shots on offense. <clears throat> my concern for the Heat is how the hell they're going to stop that Nuggets machine at the other end of the floor. So Jimmy can be better. Bam can be more efficient. Obviously, Struess and Duncan Robinson can hit a couple of shots. I don't have a problem with, with the way they run their offense. Uh, I, have a, I have a real concern about how they're going to handle that team on defense. And, you know, I think Jimmy would admit that the size bothered him. You know, in the last series, when they had Robert Williams and Jason Tatum on him, he just – he struggled with against that size, well, and the size it, was on him again tonight. Aaron Gordon is bigger than Jimmy. He might be stronger than Jimmy. Probably is. I mean, I don't know how you would even measure that. Are you going to make them bench press against each other or something? Arm wrestle? Yeah. It could arm wrestle. That seems plausible. There's two like, days off between games. You know, in arm wrestling, there's uh, isn't there like a mental aspect of it? I feel like Jimmy would. Yeah. He might cheat, too, like kick him under the table. We have two days off. We could do my thing where I, I suggested last week. That all media members should have to go through a mandatory training of trying to run around a Bam out of bio screen and have him just hit you really hard on screen just to make sure that we have time. We could do that tomorrow. No. What do you have, workman's comp desire? Yeah, that's what everyone said you to You want to slip a be, disc? I'd have to sign something. What were we talking about, Jimmy? Bam? I don't even remember anymore. You want me to, I mean, what about running into a Jokic pick? Yeah, that would hurt too. For the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, oh, the scoring machine. That's just, I mean, it's, it's boring. I, I just keep coming back to, I think there was one possession the whole game where maybe there was more than one, but there was one where he Jokic got a clean post up against Bam with his back to the basket. Bam didn't have the opportunity to front him, and no help came, and Jokic just put him under the rim and drew a foul. It's just untenable. The fronting, I, to credit Michael Malone and his coaching staff, they were clearly ready for the Heat to front Jokic in the post, which is like an obvious thing, but the first two of the first three possessions of the game Jamal Murray and then Aaron Gordon saw Bam fronting Jokic and was like, instead of trying to force an entry pass or slow the offense, I'm going to just drive right at that fronted post guy because if Bam's fronting him, there's nobody on the other side, and I'm just going to use it as a big screen. Jamal Murray got a layup. Aaron Gordon got a layup. So the fronting kind of worked sometimes, kind of didn't work. 
Then there were like three or four possessions where uh, Struess was on Jokic by accident on a random cross match. That was death immediately. It was like post-entry three-pointer. Jimmy was on him once. You mentioned that one. There was another possession where Jimmy was on Jamal Murray, and the Heat, I think, intentionally said, let's see what happens if we switch the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll, put Butler on him, immediate kick-out three for Jamal Murray. There was another one when Highsmith was on Murray, which I thought we would see, and Murray and Jokic ran a pick-and-roll, and Highsmith switched onto Jokic, and Bam did not switch onto Murray, and Murray was like, oh, no one's guarding me. I'm just going to shoot a three, and Highsmith looked at Bam like, Aren't we supposed to switch that? And if I were Bam, I'd be like, you can go switch on to Jokic, man. You got no chance. So like, And then you throw in the zone, which I just think Denver will figure you, out. I, I thought just they don't did a good job answer. on defense. But, I, but, but I'm saying every time they got the ball to Jokic down low, something good happened. And I just don't know fundamentally how the Heat extricate themselves out of that reality. Four out of six times. Four out of six. Like, there's no Anthony Davis lurking on the weak side to disrupt stuff at the rim. There's no Rudy Gobert. There's no, you know, Aiton has done an okay job, not this playoffs against. I just don't know what the answer is for them. Yeah, I just, um, Denver is playing with an extraordinary confidence. And when you see the contract, like, you know, Porter didn't even have a good shooting game. He was a plus player. Gordon was a plus player. Bruce, Bruce Brown Bruce was Brown, a plus every player. Every damn game Bruce Brown comes off the bat. He's an adventure, too. Sometimes he's like, I'm going to be real adventurous off the dribble. I'm like, Bruce, 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 just stop. I pass it up. But it always works out. He's like yeah, he's having a blessed season. They're just, um, they just get contributions from everybody. I mean, even, you know, Christian Brown tonight, his first finals game, you know, first game of this magnitude, he made some plus plays. I mean, they just, they are, they were a good team all year long. In the second half, they sputtered a little bit. And I don't know if it was, you know, complacency, but they are playing their best basketball. And I just, when they, when they are this crisp, you're not touching them. You're, I don't think you're touching them. So you mentioned Bam, the Heat undefeated stat when Bam has 20. Uh, the Nuggets are 9-0 and here at Ball Arena, which I incorrectly called Ball Center earlier um and someone's gonna have to beat him here but i will say this the heat 13 of 39 they did not shoot well from two they got two free throws a goose egg from Struess. by the way on the free throws they didn't play with much force i there were only like three or four times where i thought okay that could have been a foul it wasn't like anything egregious yeah um you know there was some contact at the rim i'm sure the heat fans can isolate those plays but I didn't watch this game and go, oh, my God, what a, you know. And by the way, they scored a lot of points in the paint. They, they had a lot of baskets in the paint. 11 offensive rebounds, which is not bad. They only had eight turnovers, so they're going to get, they get, the Heat are a shots on goal team. They get their shots on goal. But a goose egg from Struess. Um, Denver only committed eight fouls in this game. Three, three, it's unbelievable. Three points from Caleb Martin, conference finals, but not com- playoff hero. Just good player, Caleb Martin. And you know they're coming out like full blast in game two because I don't care what they say about, well, we haven't played a home game yet. They do not want to fall behind 2-0 and have to beat this team four out of five. So I'm expecting, I don't know what strategic stuff Spo and his guys will cook cook up in the lab, but I'm just, I'm expecting a Butler game 
in game two. I'm expecting the game that we didn't get today where he's just like, give me the goddamn ball. Where's Jamal Murray? I'm going to beat him up. That hasn't really happened since he sprained his ankle. It's been a while, two days off, used to the altitude. I just, I don't, I think they're going to approach game two like we have to win this game. Yeah, I would just say the Heat's, the, I expect the Heat to definitely play better offense. They're going to score more than 87 points. I expect the, the Nuggets to score better, has better offense too. That's what I'm saying. Any other interesting takeaways from this game or our first 48 hours in beautiful Denver, Colorado, where it rained and thundered during NBA Today? Today, it was a little Malika got scared at one point. She's like, oh, crashing thunder right behind her. <laughs> what do you want me to say to that? No, do you have any other takeaways from the game? Is there anything else? Did you like the uniforms? Did you like this, the, the scene in the arena? Was there any basketball stuff we didn't mention? Kyle Lowry had a good game. Um, I, I hung out with Ken Jeong after the game. I saw that. It looked like it looked. He called you windy. Yeah. He looked like he was having a good time. He enjoyed the game. He had he had some of the best seats in the house, which he said he bought on Ticketmaster. I said, "How'd you get these seats?" Because I bought them on Ticketmaster, and he wasn't being. I think he did buy them on Ticketmaster. So, he said uh, he, he said he chartered a plane to fly in from L.A. Okay. He said he said, "Listen." There's a writer's strike. I can't work. I charter a plane. And I said, you know why you can charter that plane and buy these seats? He said, why? I said, because you did Hangover 3. And he agreed with me. I don't think I saw Hangover 3. I did see Hangover 1 They got paid for it. He got paid for it. I can't imagine that they keep making the same mistake over and over again. Zach, that movie was 10 years ago. I'm just making a joke about a terrible movie got paid a bunch of money for. Was it bad? It couldn't couldn't have been good. It was bad. Okay. Denver wins... What about you? Anything else for you? No, I'm looking at the box score to see if anything jogs my memory. Um, just, I, I thought it was the, the zone, using the zone against Jokic and having it not be just a barrage of awfulness for Miami was a little surprising to me. I thought, I just don't think that can sustain. And I thought Jokic found something when he was like, if you're going to put Haywood Highsmith at the top of the zone, and he was good at it. I'm going to catch the ball at the nail against him. I'm just going to turn this into an ISO. I think he missed a floater. He had a floater that he passed up to kick it to KCP for a corner three. And he had that little drop pass to Jeff Green for a layup, which is a beautiful pass. And then they brought in MPJ as like a zone-busting shooter. He got a wide-open corner three right away that he missed. I just think in the aggregate, that is not something you can throw at Jokic over and over and over again if he's got enough shooting around him. But it was interesting that the first five or six possessions, Denver actually kind of appeared a little out of rhythm. Just think Jokic can't have 14 assists. You've got to give his assists down, even if it means his points go up. Well, this is – so I was talking to Mark Jackson after the game. I'll just say this. I don't think Mark would mind. I said, what would you think? And he said – I don't remember what he said. And then I said, I just don't know what their answer is for the big fella. And he said, I think you just got to make him a score. I think you just got to make him score. He said that during the broadcast. Did he really? Okay. Well, he said it to me after the game, too. So I think you got to make him score. And I said back to him, well, then he's going to score. Like, then he's just going to score, like, 50 points. Like, I don't know that that's a real thing. I don't don't know know that that's a real thing, like a strategy. It's the lesser of two evils. No, it's not. By the way, 
If he scores 50 points, he's also going to have eight assists, and you're just going to lose it that way. Here, let me tell you one thing that the Nuggets do so well. They are totally at ease when there's four seconds on the shot clock. Yeah, they are. In fact, they'll, they'll be like, can we fit three passes in? They were like, no problem. And I guess a lot of times it's just Jokic going, I got it. But, like, there were many possessions where the Heat were, like, defend really good defense for 20 seconds and still give up an easy shot. It's demoralizing playing them. Oh, I now it, that did jog my memory. You mentioned transition and the Nuggets not getting out in transition. I think you got to give a lot of credit to that to Miami. Their transition defense, and this is what I mean by they make you earn everything. The Lakers were a horrible transition team all season. They have players who fall on the ground a lot. The Heat are a great transition defense team, and they don't fall on the ground a lot. And that's like a big part of trying to get a shot against Denver is you just don't let Jokic run those five-on-three fast breaks, which are going to kill you every time. I thought the Heat played reasonably well yes, in this game. This was not a – this was not – keep saying it. <laughs> this was not – maybe this, the fourth quarter skewed our perception a little bit, but although this was a pretty comfortable Denver win the whole game, and although I picked Denver to win the series – I don't, and how didn't, many? Six. I flirted with five and went six. I, I didn't come out of this game feeling like, ooh, this is a mismatch. Like, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter like Nuggets in four, this is over. And I'm like, I didn't – I also could just have too much respect for Miami and how they scrounge these wins, but I didn't come out of this feeling like this is a wildly bad mismatch. So, like, I, I got skewered here in Denver because I was on first take or get up or something the day after they swept the Lakers. I talked about how the Lakers played extremely well for a team that got swept. How dare, how dare you? That was a compliment to the Nuggets. I know that nuance is not allowed in America, but I was complimenting the Nuggets that the Lakers actually played pretty well. Yeah, they did. And the, and the Nuggets slapped them down. And here, here's what I'm saying again. It's not going to look this way on the final scoreboard because Miami didn't make shots. Miami played well tonight, and the Nuggets still slapped them down. And they, how many times are you going to watch that happen? before you can come to the conclusion that no one's touching them. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. It's also the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your personalized training in mind. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes help you focus on your needs and goals. They are also made to challenge you with a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, okay, full body strength, marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. Peloton's expert coaches and nonstop vibes, hashtag vibes, will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. And with a wide variety of options, whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, ooh, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code LOW. That's code LOW, L-O-W-E, my last name, the name of this podcast. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. No one's touched them yet. What are they, 13-3 and three now in the playoffs? 
That's right. It's a pretty damn good record, actually. You know, obviously. And here's the other thing. Had the Heat gotten it down to five points with five minutes to go, they happen to be a killer clutch team and a killer, killer, killer home clutch team. Yeah. So, yeah, it can work. You can beat them in the clutch. It's not, it's not impossible. But even if you accomplish getting them into a tight game here, they've got so much confidence because of all the reps and all high-quality performances that they've had here. I might be trying to speak it into existence, but I, I'm I, – I, talking to people around the arena before the game, I, I predicted – a comfortable Denver win tonight. I actually said 21 points was my predicted margin, so I lost on that. I'm smelling a tight game in game two. By the way, speaking of margin, it was 11-point game, right? Yeah. Final heat possession. Nikola Jovic goes down the lane, acts a fool, tries to heave up a shot, and Jokic, Nikola Jokic slapped the ball off Jovic's leg out of bounds. The spread was eight and a half. Tell me there wasn't a lot of people watching that possession and couldn't believe the, like the rookie who was in high school at the start of the season. You think I'm joking? He was, he had to take a day off to graduate high school. Or do his didn't go for a three. Well, did I, I don't, not he? It just nope. They didn't run any off. They didn't run any play. You I'm know, not gonna lie. By that time, I was packing up my computer. Well, that's why you're not a, you're not comprehensively following till the buzzer. It ended out here. Okay, so we're gonna do this again. After game two, right? We are. In ball arena. And uh, hopefully we get a nice, exciting NBA Finals game on Sunday. I've lost all track of the days. I believe it is on Sunday at 8 p.m. How great. We just watched an NBA Finals game and recorded a podcast. podcast. It's only 10 o'clock. Remember those Cleveland games would tip off at like 9-19? Yeah, that, and that's the way game three is going to be in Miami. Yeah, but they'll tip off at 8.30, 8 oh, or right. something. That, that's and right. not, they you know, it's, right. it's, 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 this is civilized. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Zach's going to the bar. I mean, I got some work to do, but there is there are bars. Uh, I'll see you all. There we'll are bars. There are bars. We'll see you all in game two. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.